Hi everybody, this is uh, Gordon uh, from the Jails TV here. Uh, with me at the moment is our friend of the show, David Held. Uh, David and myself have done uh, lots of uh, episodes for our Spotify and website account now uh, regarding the history of Rangers. And today uh, we're going to talk about a uh, brand new subject. So David, what are we going to discuss to uh, today? Uh, hi Gordon, hi everyone. Um, tonight I'm... Uh... We've done a lot of uh, subjects in the past about Great Rangers successes. The This one's maybe slightly different. I'm going to talk about uh, the period of time from 1978 to 1983 when John Gregg, the greatest Ranger, was the manager of Rangers and the uh, trials and tribulations that the support went through during that five years. Yeah, okay, brilliant. Okay, so uh, we'll get cracking into that in just a wee second. Uh, at the time of recording, we are about, uh, well, literally, the League Cup final is three weeks uh, today. Yep. Uh, hopefully, in three weeks' time, we'll celebrate another Cup win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, David, you've done a lot of work. Uh, we've obviously done a, a League Cup uh, winners uh, kind of history episode, but you've wrote a book as well, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I've got a book out called Kings of the League Cup, um, which I brought out to celebrate the fact that Rangers had won the, the trophy 27 times, which is seven times more than anyone else. Uh, I'm now talking to my publisher whether I can add another chapter on if, it, if and when we beat Celtic in three weeks' time. So let's let's hope that can happen. Yep. And sorry if I missed it, but where can we get that this book from? Uh, it's, it's available online. So Amazon's probably the main one you can get it from, or you can get it direct from the publisher, JMD. Um, if you go into JMD's website, look up David Held Kings of the League Cup. There's a code Held20 you can put into the checkout and you'll get 20% off. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. That's absolutely brilliant. Okay, so uh, that's uh, that's obviously the League Cup. Uh, we look forward to that final, the first final under Michael Beale. However, we're not we're here to talk about uh, a previous manager. So, John Gregg, Rangers legend and captain. Uh, have you got a bit of background to his playing days? Do you want to talk about his playing days for a brief while? Oh. Or management? Or, <laughs> take it away, David. Well, you, what you, we'll you, do is I'll, you're the expert. That's fine. I'll, I'll start it. I'll start the story of John Gregg, the manager, in May 1978. And in effect, that touches on his his incredible playing career anyway. So uh, at the start of May 1978, Rangers beat Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup final. John Gregg was the captain. Uh, and that won Rangers their second treble in, in three seasons. Um, Jock Wallace is manager. John Gregg is captain. Rangers were absolutely dominant in, in Scottish football. We had... Uh, a team full of experienced international players, guys like Sandy Jarden, Colin Jackson, Tom Forsyth, Derek Johnson, Derek Parlane. And we'd added David Cooper into that. We'd added Gordon Smith into that team. We'd added Bobby Russell into that team. They were entertaining. They scored lots of goals. And as I say, they, they, they won the treble. John Gregg had just got his testimonial. He'd been Rangers player for 17 seasons. Um, he was... He, he was... A, he, he wasn't just a legend, he was probably the most loved Rangers player that I can ever remember. Um, the greatest captain I can ever remember. And obviously, not only was the captain of the, all these trebles, but he also won the Cup Winners' Cup and he, he was the captain during their darkest time in the disaster. Um, an absolute giant of a, of, a, of a man, of a Ranger. And he was looking forward to another season as a player at this point in time. Um, and then just a couple of weeks after we won the Cup in May 1978, um, Jock Walsh resigned and went to Leicester City. Now, the reasons for that one were never really revealed. Um, there was all kinds of stories about he had fallen out with Wally Waddle, who was the, the vice chairman and general manager. There was 
rumours about interfering in transfer policy. To be honest, I don't know the truth behind it, but my suspicion is that, quite simply, Rangers didn't pay him enough money and Leicester City offered an awful lot more. Um, but for whatever the reason, Jock Wallace had left and Rangers needed a, a new manager. <clears throat> um, and John Gregg was was catapulted into the manager's office straight from the dressing room. Okay, what uh, age was he at that point? Uh, about 35. Okay. Uh, so... He's never, obviously, he never managed anyone in his life. He's a, he's a player. Um, you could say, looking back, possibly that was slightly unfair on him. Um, and if I talk about the other things that were happening around about that time, um, when Rangers won that treble, actually the team who came closest to stopping them was Aberdeen. They were just starting to create really? their great team. <laughs> Excuse me, the likes of Willie Miller was there. Nick Gordon Strachan had been signed, Steve Archibald. Um, but their manager was Billy McNeil. That then that, that previous season, who was the obviously the captain of Celtic a lot of the time when John Gregg was the captain of Rangers. Now that summer, uh Jock Steen was removed as the Celtic manager after his highly successful time as their manager. And Billy yeah. McNeil left Aberdeen to go to Celtic. Billy McNeil had a, a grounding as a manager, but then he'd been the manager of Aberdeen, and before that he'd been the manager of Clyde. So he was a pretty established manager. Alec Ferguson then went to Aberdeen, where um, obviously he was to create something that had never happened before up there. And at the same time, uh, Jim McLean was starting to build a team at Dundee United that was starting to look as if it was going to start challenging for trophies as well. So this Rangers team... Although they were dominant, suddenly there was a lot of change at Ibrox and there was, um, let's say, there was multiple competitors all starting to assemble elsewhere. Um, and the, the, probably the last complication that John Gregg had before he was even in the manager's office was that Rangers had announced the rebuilding of Ibrox, which was going to start that summer, which meant that they were spending millions in the stadium. Yeah. Um, and looking back, considering they actually didn't spend any money that summer, potentially he was also told he couldn't buy anyone. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, there was all that happening. And then once John Gregg sat in the manager's office, he then got another problem, and quite a significant one. Um, the player of the year in Scotland in 1978 was Derek Johnson. Rangers centre-forward who had scored 41 goals the previous season. Top scorer in the country by quite a distance. Um, so he was the player of the year. Derek Johnson asked for a transfer. Um, so not only had John Gregg got a captain to find, he also potentially had a goal scorer to find as well. Yeah. Now, by the time the season started, and I, I think looking back on this, it was his first mistake. To get Derek Johnson to stay, which we all wanted, he kind of caved in a little bit on him. And instead of awarding the captaincy to Sandy Jardin, which everyone thought was automatic because he had been the vice-captain for years, he gave the captaincy to Derek, to Derek Johnson. And also, he agreed with Derek Johnson that he would play more often at centre-half, which was Johnson's preferred position, even though he was such a deadly striker. So, <laughs> um, potentially what we're saying is that the best leader in the dressing room was no longer the captain. And the best centre-forward at the club was no longer going to play centre-forward. Yeah. So the, se the season started 
uh, against St Mirren in 1978-79. Um, as I say, we didn't spend any money that summer, but we did bring a couple of players in on basically almost for nothing. Um, Alec Forsyth came in to replace John Gregg at fullback. Came in for Manchester United. He was an international player. And um, we brought in a centre-forward called Billy Urquhart, who probably you've never heard of, Gordon. Struggling to yeah, he was saying from Inverness Caledonian because right. he scored a hat trick against his pre season in a friendly. So he was only seems, seems an awful he seems an awful kind of, you know, gamble and a, a yeah. of, you know, going around yes. But in effect, Rangers were the hot favourites to still win it because they had this established team other than John Gregg had come out of the team. They still had all these players that had been there for a long time. They were winners. Um everybody was pretty confident that Rangers were going to still won the championship in John Gregg's first season. So if I start John Gregg's managerial career, we're now talking season 1978-79. Um, so it started in all this optimism, treble winners, <coughs> excuse me, and um, we lost the first day, 1-0 to St. Martin Ibrox. And it kind of set the tone for the start of the season. We didn't score in any of our first three games. We didn't win any of our first six games. And we lost at Parkhead. So after just six games, we were we already looked as if we were going uphill a bit. Um, but in amongst all that, we started incredibly well in Europe. Mm. Um, we could hardly win a game at home. And then we knocked Juventus out of the European Cup, who were one of the favourites to win it. And then we beat PSV Eindhoven, who were also one of the favourites to win it. Yeah. John Grech had developed a slightly different style of play. Um, he was more into the possession game, a sort of continental approach. Um, he would quite often play a lone striker. He would quite some, he even threw three at the back end sometimes. He was maybe slightly ahead of his time, potentially. Certainly sounds like it, especially with the one striker. Yeah, but domestically he was trying this as well in, in the bigger games, and it, it was too negative. Um the player that actually suffered the most in terms of um, getting dropped for the big games was Davy Cooper. Uh, he quite often dropped Davy Cooper and he would play a midfield player called Kenny Watson uh, in his place, who was a far more defensive-minded, solid tackling midfield player who didn't really get forward much. Um, there was there was there was Sorry. stories that there was there was stories that. Um, John Gregg had played left back the season before behind Cooper, who was the left winger. And um <clears throat> sorry, my voice is struggling a little bit. <clears throat> um I don't think he was too impressed with Cooper's work right in front of him. Um uh, although he, he thought Cooper was very skillful, I don't think he thought he worked hard enough for the team. Uh, so he kept dropping him for these these big games. Um and as as the season went on. Uh, there was quite a few nil-nils. We only scored 16 goals in my first 16 league games. And we only won four of them. Won four, drew eight, lost four was our first 16 games. We were mid-table, pretty unimpressive, but we had this, this great run in Europe. Derek Johnson was playing centre-half as often as he was playing centre-forward. There was no consistency of selection. We, we were just struggling a bit. Uh, but meanwhile... Um, as I said, Celtic had beaten us at uh, Parkhead. We drew them in the semi-final of the League Cup. 
uh, played them in December. Uh, and we weren't favourites in that game, but we beat them 3-2. And that was an extra time. Uh, we were 2-1 down. We scored late on, got into extra time, and then they scored an own goal in extra time. We beat them 3-2. Um, and that, that seemed to kick us on for a little bit. We went on a bit of a better run, started climbing the table. Uh, we won the League Cup. We beat Aberdeen in the League Cup final. Um, and by the time sort of April, May came around, we were actually looking as if we were probably favourites for the treble. Um, we were in the Scottish Cup semi-final against Partick Thistle. We were climbing the table. We beat Celtic at Ibrox, eh, not Ibrox, uh, at Hamden. Uh, Alan McDonald scored, beat them 1-0, and it took us top of the league. Um, but, but things didn't quite work out uh, towards the end of the season. Oh, my voice is definitely going to go, Gordon. That's okay. Hmm. We'll get through. Just, just, David, just, just to kind of pick up on something you said uh, <laughs> five minutes ago, or, yep. or just you know a couple of minutes ago, it seems incredible looking back that David Cooper, a son like David Cooper, could be dropped for someone. No offense to anyone, because obviously the Rangers players, but who doesn't yep. quite have that same name recognition? Was there any yep. kind of underlying reason for that, or was it just you know it didn't? Fit I, the team I think it was more? tactical. I think that. Uh, that. My my impression when watching Rangers back then was John Gregg was a very conservative manager. He was a very cautious manager. Um, and in fact, when I when I go into the how this season ends, I'll give you a bit of evidence to, to show how just how cautious he was. Um, I just think he, he yeah he was he wasn't a man that would um, throw too many men forward. Let's put it that way. Um, so. We eventually got to the Scottish Cup final. When I say eventually, we drew Partick Thistle in the semi-final. We drew 0-0. The replay looks as if it was going to go to 0-0 as well. And then Derek Johnson, who was playing centre-half, came up at a, it was a free kick at a corner. It was a set-piece anyway, and he scored. And we won 1-0. Yeah. Now, by this time, we were out of the European Cup. We got to the quarter-finals. Um, Cologne knocked us out. 2-1 um, in aggregate. We drew 1-0 in the second leg at Ibrox. Billy Urquhart played up front, even though Derek Parlin and Derek Johnson were the substitutes because they were they were both coming back for injury. Um, everybody my age will probably tell you that was a real chance to be blue that year to win the European Cup. Um, the teams oh, yeah. we knocked out were, were better than Cologne. Uh, Juventus and PSV were, were miles better than Cologne were. And yet, by that time, we were, let's say, the few players missing, things just didn't work out. We got knocked out. But anyway, there was, there was postponements because of weather. There was cup replays. There was a run in Europe, and this might sound familiar to from later mm. years. There became this big fixture pile up towards the end of the season, and what didn't happen in two thousand and eight? The season get extended. Um, usually it's the Scottish Cup finals the last day of the season, uh, but there was Rangers still had three league games to play when it came to the Scottish Cup final date. One of them was at Celtic Park. So we played the Scottish Cup final against Hibs. Drew 0-0. Sounds familiar. This, there's a lot of 0-0s in this yeah. story. Which meant we went to a replay. So the Celtic game we knocked back again a wee bit further. Played the replay, finished 0-0 again. So we still hadn't won the Scottish Cup by this time. We're now into the 21st of May. And finally we, we play this Celtic game. Now the way the league had worked out now, um, Celtic were three points in front of us. But that was their last game, and we had two more games to play after it. So if you do your sums, it was two points for a run back then. 
Hmm. If you do your sums, if Celtic won, they would go five points clear with two games left, so they would win the league. If Rangers won, it would go down to one point and we'd have two games to play. We'd only need to win one of them to win the league. And if it was a draw, it would stay at three points and two wins in the last two games would win us the league again. So in effect, a draw probably suited us a lot more than it suited them. They really had to win the game. Sorry, but I, I, <laughs> this is probably one of the worst nights of my life, this game. Um, ending yeah. that was at it, we'll, pro we'll probably tell you the same. So we played Celtic in the Monday night. Um, and we basically, it was almost like this winner-takes-all league championship decider. Um, and we went 1-0 up in the first half. Um, got to half-time, still 1-0 up. And then quite early in the second half, Celtic had a man sent off. So we were a go-up and a man-up with about, well, I don't know, 35 minutes to play or something. We then decided to sit back and play for the draw. Which right. uh, which defies all logic. Celtic scented blood. I was um, going to say, like, do demanders never learn? I mean, if it, if it's not uh, right, and whatever. People, yeah, people, sometimes, sometimes, man, we still do it now. Sometimes. Yeah, I know. It feels almost familiar. What happened? Celtic started piling the pressure on with ten men. They equalised. Then they went two one up. We finally woke up. We went back up the park. Scored. Made it to each. Bobby Russell scored. So. Two each probably still suited us, but they had 10 men. Uh, yeah. What did John Gregg do? He took off an attacker and Colin McLean brought a defender on, Alec Miller. So it, basically he sat right back and tried to play the last 15 minutes out and get a two each draw. Um, the inevitable happened. Celtic scored with five minutes to go. An own goal as well by Colin Jackson. We finally decided to throw men forward and they broke up the park in the very last minute scored again. They beat us 4 2. Mm. So they won the league. And my personal opinion is that John Gregg never recovered for that night as a manager. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it was a horrible night, an absolutely horrible night. We, there were still three games to play after it. Um, one of them was the cup final, and we beat Hibs 3 2 in extra time. So, in, in effect, we won the league cup. We won the Scottish Cup and we threw the league away. It should have been the second treble, but it wasn't. So the, that was 1978-79. Um, and that was to be the only time Rangers challenged for the league championship with John Gregg as the manager. When I go through these other seasons with him as manager, the one common factor in all of them is that basically by New Year, we were out of the league. Um, so that's 1978-79 his second season in charge 79-80 uh, obviously we had this ageing team but we still didn't really bring anyone in at the start of the season in fact we sold a player in the season rather than we sold Derek Parley to, to Leeds United during the season we didn't bring him in for ages um, but anyway the season started with probably the most famous driver a cup final in history, I would have thought. The, I'm sure you've seen the, the goals from that. They beat Celtic 3-1. Um, it was the day David Cooper scored that goal that's been voted the greatest Rangers goal ever. Yes, um, I, I do remember that. I wasn't, unfortunately, there. Yeah. So yeah. We, we we played Celtic at Hamden. It was, it was, it was a pre-season tournament 
obviously they were still celebrating having beaten us for the league the season before. Yep. And we absolutely destroyed them that day. Uh, young John McDonald scored a cracking goal. Sandy Jordan scored. Sandy Jordan scored a goal that Lino Messi would have been proud of. He ran to the edge of his own 18 yard box all the way to the other penalty. There'd be about three men and smashed it in. Yeah. And yet nobody talks about his goal because David Coopers was even better. <laughs> um, so we beat them 3 1. Gave us a little bit of optimism for the season. Um, but this time, the the Copenhagen stand was now getting opened. It had been built the season before. The Broom one was going to get built this season, so there was still a, <coughs> there was still an empty end at Ibrox. But we played Celtic at Ibrox this time because there was no Celtic end, uh, right. as opposed to no Rangers end, when we played them at Hamden the previous, the previous season. And I think that the story of 79-80 can get probably told in the two games against Celtic at Ibrox. Um, the first time we played them near the start of the season, uh, they got a player sent off, Roy, you can get sent off. So we played against 10 men for oh, an hour at least, it must have been. Um, we went 2 nothing up, and then we conceded two goals in the last five minutes and drew two each. Heartbreaking. And the second time we played them, which was around about Christmas, New Year time, um, we went 1-0 up with about, I don't know, 15 minutes to go. And we were all still celebrating the goal and Celtic equalised about 40 seconds later. I've certainly heard that story for sure, but something <clears> that kind of, kind of yeah. gets lost in the, in the psyche, I think. But and I, I think 79-80 was the season. When I look back now, it's the season we should have realised oh. that we weren't going to be challengers with John Gregg as the manager. I know really, I, yeah. I hate slagging the man. The man's one of my all-time heroes. But if you look at that season, we were absolutely abysmal. Um, well, I was just about to ask what what was the you know. Was the football good? Was it the tactics? We were, we were just incredibly inconsistent. Um, well, let's put it this way. There was 36 league games we played. We only won 15 of them and we lost 14 of them. So That's, that's an incredibly bad record for a Rangers manager. Uh, we, we finished fifth. Uh, we were behind. Aberdeen won it. That was the first time Ferguson won the league for Aberdeen. Celtic were second. St Mirren were third and then D United were fourth and we were fifth. Is, is it still two was it two points for a win back? Two points. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it was two points for all the way through this. Um if I just say St Mirren beat us three times. <clears throat> wow. We, we lost twice at Partick Thistle, we lost twice at Kilmarnock. Hibs were relegated and they beat us. Dundee were relegated, they beat us. We, and obviously we lost twice at Petrodri and lost twice at Parkhead. So uh, they were just they were abysmal that year. The team was ageing. Um, they were starting to get... Some of the older players were starting to get injury-prone as well. Right, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was just a terrible time. And amongst all this, um, we get we get knocked out by Aberdeen in the League Cup. We drew them in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup. I see Aberdeen eventually won the league. Nobody expected us to beat Aberdeen that day. We played them at Parkhead and beat them 1-0. Derek Johnson scored a terrific goal. We got to the cup final and Celtic beat us 1-0 in extra time. Um, right, OK. That was, one of the, that was one of the Hamden riot. I'm quite sure you must have right. seen that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was, it was a total fluke of a goal they scored in extra time, for that deflection. Um, and there was a riot on the pitch at the end of it. Um, as I say, we sold Derek Parlin <coughs> excuse me, that season. We also... 
Um, Alec McDonald stopped playing about two, three months before the end of the season. He stayed at Ibrooks all the way to the end of the season, but he, he didn't even play in the cup final. We all, we all expected him to come back for the cup final, but he didn't. And then they sold him to Hearts as soon as the season finished. Um, we did buy a couple of players eventually. We bought a centre-half called Gregor Stevens, um, ex-Motherwell player. We got him for Leicester. 165,000 quid, which at the time was an enormous fee. Yeah, it sounds like a uh, lot, yeah. Um, his transfer, you know, he, he never really worked out. He, he never really impressed at Rangers. And uh, we also bought an attacking midfield player called Ian Redford from Dundee. Uh, and yeah. we actually broke the Scottish transfer record to get him a £210,000. So, oh. although we were building the stadium, the manager was starting to get some significant money to, to buy players. Both those buys looked on paper as if they would improve us. Stevens definitely didn't. Redford was a decent player, but I just don't think we used him very well. Yeah. Uh, so as I say, 79-80, we won nothing. We finished fifth. We lost nearly as many games as we won. We had a team that was ageing. We, we, were, we were struggling all over the place. Um, doesn't, it doesn't seem like... And, and that, the one the one thing well, I'll say about this, this period, Gordon, is that I don't really remember at that point there was that many people saying that Greg should go. Well, that, I'm that, saying I'm saying looking back, you yeah. can probably see it was starting to happen then. But you need to remember, was that, this, is John, was, Greg, this was, is John Greg we're talking about. That's what I was going to say. So was, that, was that to do with his reputation as Rangers captain and legend? Probably. Or was it probably. to do with, like, you know, everyone knew there was a stadium getting built? or no. I, I think partly it was who he was. I don't think I doubt about that. Um, but there was still a little bit in us that said, we've actually got a much better team than we're showing and we'll, we'll come good eventually and we just need two or three players. And we'll... yeah. So it came to season 80-81 and this was probably the first time that Greg actually made a few changes in the summer. <clears throat> made us a new, not a new look team, but a few new players in the, in the team at the start of the season. Um. During the summer, Gordon Smith went to Brighton for quite a lot of money. I think they were about 400000 for him. And he invested that money in a number of players. Uh, we brought in Jim Bett, who was an excellent player, to be honest with you, a midfield player. Got him for a Belgian team called Walkerin. He was over 100 grand. Um, Colin McAdam, we brought in, he was a centre forward. Um, he was about 160 grand, I think. And we brought Willie Johnson back. Uh, he was actually, he went, left West Brom, went to North American football in Vancouver. And we brought him back, uh, our old Barcelona bear. Um, and the, the season started quite well. The 80-81, there was no govern stand this time. The, the last of the three stands was getting built. So it was still a three-quarters Ibrox. Whenever you saw Ibrox in the telly that season, the, the, huh. the, there was nothing. There was just a building site <laughs> facing the cameras. Um, we started that season really well. Jim Betts settled in really quickly. Um... We went to Parkhead and we won quite early on. Um, we were a goal down as well. We beat them 2-1. Alec Miller scored an absolute thunderbolt in the last minute. It's the first time we'd won there for six years. And a few weeks later, we went to Kilmarnock and we won 8-1. And people were starting to think, what oh, the strangest team's got? This looks like a challenger at last that we've finally, we've finally got a team that, that looks as if they might go places. Um, and to be fair, the first 15 league games that season, we were unbeaten. Yeah, but kind of typical of that time, we had a lot of draws. Um, 
So although we were unbeaten after 15 games, we weren't top of the league because it was too many draws. Um, to give you an idea how inconsistent we were, we we weren't in Europe that season because we hadn't won anything the season before and finished fifth. We didn't yeah. qualify for, for Europe. <clears throat> so we played in something called the Anglo-Scottish Cup, which um, English teams that weren't in Europe were invited to join as well. Not too many English teams must have bothered with it because the English team that we played was Chesterfield. Huh. Uh, uh, it's hard to imagine me just playing Chesterfield in a competitive game, but we did. Chesterfield beat us. Really? Um, they didn't beat we, they drew We drew one each uh, at Ibrox. Went down to Chesterfield and get beat 3 nothing. So that, that, that tells is, you that's incredible to well. That really is incredible. And the, and the inconsistency that I'm talking about, uh, three days later, we played Celtic at Ibrox and beat them 3-0. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, it's that it's that kind of crazy stuff. But, during about November, December time, the, the wheels came off the title race. We, we lost something like six games in the space of about two months. Plummeted down the table. Um we get beat at Parkhead around about February, March time, which basically ended any faint hopes of the championship. Um, at this time, we brought in Jim Stewart, the goalkeeper. Um, he played towards the end of the season. Anyway, we ended third in the league that season. Um, and we, we ended up losing 12 games, which again shows you just how downhill the season went, considering we were unbeaten with first 15. And the horrible thing at the end of that season was Celtic won the league at Ibrox. God. Uh, they, beat, they beat us 1-0 Charlie Nicholas scored um, I actually think I'm trying to remember I think they they didn't win it mathematically I think they, they could still get caught in goal difference or something if they could beat 12 nothing in the last couple of games but but they they basically won the league at Ibrox that day uh, in the Cups that season we actually won the Scottish Cup um, we nearly got knocked out by St Johnson early on we, we got a last minute winner a uh, last minute equaliser <coughs> Ian Redford scored them in a replay. A young Ali McCoy scored for St Johnson actually in the replay. Um, and probably the the final reflected a little bit of John Gregg's time as well. Uh, we played in D United in the final and he played quite a safe team against in D United in the final. David Cooper didn't play, Derek Johnson didn't play. Um, we drew 0 now again. Ian Redford missed a penalty in the last minute. If he'd scored, we'd have, we'd have scraped a 1-0 very unimpressively. But it went to a replay. He brought David Cooper back into the team. He brought Derek Johnson back into the team. He brought young John McDonnell back into the team. And we absolutely demolished him. United in the replay. We beat him 4-1. Cooper was absolutely magnificent. He scored one. He set up three. And we won 4-1. Um, and I think it's night, nights like that under the John Gregg period told you how good the team could be but they just weren't often enough. So again, we, so we won the Cup, got nowhere in the league. Um, and if I just quickly fly through the next couple of seasons, because they're very similar, 81-82, uh, we only won 16 league games at 36. Um, loads of draws again. The team still had Sandy Jardin, still had Alec Miller, still had Alec, uh, Tom Forsyth, still had Colin Jackson, still had Derek Johnson. So the nucleus was still there from before Greg was manager. Um, but they were all getting 
apart from Derek Johnson, the rest of them were all well in their 30s by then. Mm. Excuse me. We finished uh, third in the league, but well, well behind. Never really challenged in it. We won the League Cup. We beat Dundee United in the final. Um, David Cooper and Ian Redford scored quite late goals. But probably the season could get summed up in the last two Saturdays. Um, we went to Aberdeen the last Saturday of the season in the league and we got absolutely thumped 4 nothing, And it was 4 nothing at half-time. I remember sitting up there that day thinking we were going to beat 10 nothing. We then played Aberdeen again in the Scottish Cup final the next week. And we could beat 4-1 in extra time. How we took it to extra time, I don't know, because Aberdeen absolutely pummeled us. Um, Alan McLeish scored a great goal for Aberdeen that game. So. Anyway, one each at, one each at, pulled at 90 minutes, 4-1 in extra time. And it was the end of the Rangers' careers for Sandy Jarden, for Colin Jackson, for Tony McLean. They never played again after that. Uh, I think Alec Miller might have played one or two games more, but he was gone soon after it as well. Tom Forsyth had to retire during the season with an injury. In effect, that was the Jock Wallace team going at that point. Um, that was that was Greg had to be his own team at this point. That was that was all the old guard basically were all away. And that took us to 82, 83, when he brought in guys like Robert Pritz, Craig Patterson, Dave McKinnon. Again, a pretty new team. Started the season really well again. Uh, unbeaten for a little while. We went to Parkhead, 2-1 up, we beat 3-2 and the wheels came off again. Um, and then we went to Cologne in the UEFA Cup, we beat 5-0. And God. the rest of the season was just a, was just a shambles, to be honest with you. Um, we finished 17 points behind the team in third, even though we were fourth. Uh, the United won the league, Celtic were second, they won the League Cup, they beat us in the final. Aberdeen won the European Cup Winners' Cup, and beat us in the Scottish Cup final. We were absolutely miles behind those three teams by that point. Miles behind them. Um, and that took us into season 83-84. Sorry, David, uh, could I just ask one quick question on that? I know we're starting to uh, get to, towards the end, but... Aye, that's what you, you, yeah. said, you said Aberdeen, if, uh, obviously Aberdeen were ahead of us, Celtic were ahead of us, etc., were, were mm-hmm. those kind of spending a lot of money in those days as well? Did they, did they have a great line up? Th- a kind of brief kind of I don't, like I, No, Rangers, Rangers were spending more in transfer fees than in Aberdeen and Yenti put together. Uh, right. I think they were probably spending more in Celtic as well, actually. I don't think Celtic <laughs> were spending... I can't remember Celtic spending £200,000 on a player. Rangers spent 200000 in Ian Redford and Craig Patterson. Crazy. Um, okay, I was just to try and get some context. Then they bought Sandy Clark for hundred thousand. They bought Robert Pritz for hundred thousand. And then in the summer of nineteen eighty three, they brought in Ali McCoyst for one hundred eighty five thousand. Although I think that's to be fair to say that's probably John Gregg's best signing. Um, yeah, that that was probably money well spent. I'll let off with that one. By this time, at the start of eighty three eighty four, we hadn't challenged for ages. We were miles behind. The pressure actually was starting to build in John Gregg by now. <clears throat> um. And after just nine games in the league, it, it, it got it got to the tipping point. We, we only won three of them. We lost five. Motherwell came to Ibrox. They were bottom of the table and beat us 2-1. And Rangers were then sitting third bottom of the league. Wow. Uh, uh, there was a demonstration outside Ibrox that day, Greg having to go, even though people were heartbroken and actually doing it. Uh, he stayed on for the midweek. We beat Hearts in a League Cup tie. Um he played quite a young team that night, including Derek Ferguson, who was only 16. 
And the crazy thing was in the League Cup, he beat St Mirren 5-0, he beat Hearts 3-0, he beat Hearts 2-0 in the other game. And yet in the league, he lost to these teams. <laughs> uh, some, there was something about league games. And he resigned. He resigned on the Friday, I remember it well, after the Hearts game. So in those five seasons that he's, he was manager, second, fifth, third, third, fourth, we won two Scottish Cups, we won two League Cups. It's it heartbreaking for a, a manager, yeah. obviously with that reputation and the absolute legend that he is. And uh, Looking back, David, is there any kind of, like, obviously the, the stadium was probably a big factor, but over the course of his tenure as manager, just can you try and give us a bit of context? And, and, you, and your opinion, yeah. obviously, the main reasons for the, the unsuccessful times. I, th- I think he was unlucky in terms of that um, Aberdeen and the Dean United are the best teams that they ever had and they ever will have. Um, I mean, Aberdeen won a European trophy and then D United got to a European final not long after it. Um, they didn't reach the semi-final European Cup, actually. So that it's unlucky yeah. having to compete with teams like that. But the other side of that is that he never finished above Celtic any season he was the manager anyway, even if the two teams didn't exist. Yeah, that's Still wouldn't not, have won it. You're not going to last forever with that record, I think you? I think he was unlucky in the fact that um, he had a... He had a the gutsy a great team all to the place at the one time. Uh, he didn't he didn't succeed too well in some of his transfers in, and he really had to get them right considering the number of players that he was losing. And I think one of the big problems he also had was leadership. He, he never ever replaced himself. Um mm. if you just know what the captain said, Derek Johnson done it for a while, Sandy Jarn done it for a while, then Ali Dawson took over, then he got injured, John McClellan. He had about four or five captains in, in four or five seasons. Um it was hard times. It was hard times. Um okay. everyone wished it had turned out differently. But unfortunately it didn't. He was the greatest, the greatest captain I ever saw, but unfortunately he wasn't a great manager. Okay. That's, that's, that's that's the bottom line. Okay, that's been absolutely fascinating. Again, David, probably best to wrap it up right now. We'll be back with another episode soon with uh, the fantastic legend David Heard with his encyclopedic-like knowledge. Don't forget to check out our other shows and also www.thegels.tv. Obviously, we'll have all the episodes on there as well. Okay, so David, absolute pleasure as always. Uh, No problem, Gone. Yep, thanks very much. And we'll see you you all soon. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye for now. Bye.